Are you a small business owner or someone who has a real interest in building your own brand? Then deep dive into the UP Consulting Group's Business Building Bootcamp, the annual convention and training camp for entrepreneurial spirits. Join us this March 5 and 6 to discover how you can unlock your business potential. This program is brought to you by ParcelBear. ParcelBear is the first eco-friendly courier service in the metro. They use craft paper and corn mailers for their packages and deliver the next day. But they are more than just a courier service. ParcelBear envisions their service to be the most friendly and trustworthy in the industry. For more information, visit www.weparcelbear.com. Based on the Youngblood column of the Philippine Daily Inquirer, this is the Youngblood Podcast. Stories written by the Filipino youth that inform, empower, and inspire. I'm your host, Leah Angela Shoko. Abraham Cowley, a prolific personal essayist, once said, I confess I love littleness in all things, a little convenient estate, a little cheerful house, a little company, and a very little feast. And if I were to fall in love again, which is a great passion and therefore I hope I have done with it, it would be, I think, with prettiness rather than with majestic beauty. Crystal shares the same sentiments with him, and she explains why living a well-lived life has nothing to do with grandeur and everything to do with simply appreciating the little things in her essay, Simply Appreciation. I am proud to belong to Generation Y. Many have said and many have written, Generation Y will live fast and die young. It's competitive in every sense. Come on, I would say. I don't even live that fast. I'm not even into competition with anyone except myself. I only love beating my scores, not others. I'd say I belong to the old-fashioned, green-minded, nerd-looking class of this generation. For all those I just described, cheers to us. Yes, it's our damned eyeglasses that make us victims of stereotyping. The nerds. And no, I ain't a nerd. The mantra of our generation is living life to the fullest. Life being too short to limit oneself. And the way I see them act it out is by doing dangerous stuff. Don't overstate me. By dangerous, I mean engaging in an unhealthy lifestyle testing how life can be as close to death without crossing the thin line between the two. If Generation Y lives this way, I'd say I'm one of the outcasts. I stay safe. Not that I do nothing wild and crazy, but I don't chase death only to say that I have lived life to its fullest. Again, don't overstate me when I say chase death. Nope, I'm not that kind. I have this belief that living life to the fullest is as simple as appreciating, but it does not mean no drinking, no going out, no gimmicks and sleeping on time, but certainly no smoking for me. It's having hard drinking sessions, feeling the numbness start crawling on your head, puking, passing out, sneaking, having hangovers, Remembering the crazy night and reminiscing about it days, months, or years later. It's going out with the best people, with the people you don't prefer. Going places where you dreamt going, 
places you didn't know, creepy places, wonderful places, being out of place, but still appreciating. It doesn't mean no sleeping at all. It's not sleeping when you need to listen to someone's heart or heartache, to listen to your own heart, when you can't sleep, when you don't need to sleep, when you don't need to sleep with someone, when you need to stay awake to witness the majestic in the finest or simplest of everything, but still having enough sleep. It's not being in different places every weekend. It's looking forward to the weekend and spending it with the worthy, going to Sunday service, doing the Saturday chores, watching Friday night movies, or simply reconnecting with friends over the phone, and for the chosen weekends to be spent someplace where weekly actions take you. It's not about being with everyone to be happy. It's being with yourself and finding happiness in you. But it does not mean you get yourself out of anybody else. Get yourself out of love. Of course, love. Love like it's always your first, they say. Fall, get hurt, and love again. With the wrong person, the same person, or the right one. It's up to you. It's about making mistakes and still learning. And like I said, it's plain no smoking. I totally agree with and thank Haruki Murakami, as if my agreement would bother him. And thanks to my sister, who introduced his novels to me, for One of the privileges given to those who have avoided dying young is the blessed right to grow old. True for me. I want to experience the sagging arms, the wrinkles, the cute grandchildren. I want to savor the great moments and conquer the problems growing old can offer me, despite this quarter-life crisis, which I'm not sure it really is. I mean to right now. Living life to the fullest is not doing everything, no. It's as simple as appreciation. From Khalil Gibran's The Prophet, I learned that you need not agree to appreciate. You may agree and appreciate, you may disagree but still appreciate. If we all can appreciate and do away with the disagreement by improving, it will all amount to us being who we are right now and living the right now. I need not test life to find what it has to offer. Just how life will teach me the hard lessons, it's for me to discover and conquer, certainly in a safe way. Crystal's essay was first published in November 2, 2014. Today, she joins me to talk about mental health, the power of consistency over intensity, and why she continues to live by her personal rule of never, ever smoking. Welcome to the Young Blood Podcast, Crystal. How are you? How is your 2021 so far? Hi, Leah. I'm good. 2021's been good so far, and thanks for inviting me. Thank you for speaking. I'm so excited to discuss your essay and your life thus far. But before that, I have an icebreaker question. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, let's dive right in. So my icebreaker question for you is, what is something that you're saying less often? 
these days, I think I'm saying to myself most often that everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people my age tend to overthink. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I forget that someday things will make sense and that sometimes we just need to hear that everything will work out, that we don't need to worry about everything every single day. I think that's what I'm not saying more often. Mm-hmm. I think at 29, this is what people my age would always wonder about how things will end up one day. Yeah, that's like a very important reminder as well because I think a lot of people are making the most important decisions in their lives from 18 to late 20s. So I totally understand. I read that somewhere. So I feel like the pressure is on for people within those age brackets. So I totally get you. I hope everything's fine. You have to say that a lot. Every morning, if you can, you must. I feel like it's a great way to start the day. Everything is going to be fine. Tapos patugtog ka ng background music. Ano po mga magandang songs na pwedeng maging parang everything's going to be okay. Hmm. Honestly, wala rin kantang pumapasok sa utak ko ngayon. But like for for simplicity's sake, I feel like something that's playing on my phone right now is like the song Hideaway. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. song my lyrics I just wanna be okay, be okay. Ah. Today, I think it's from Ingrid Michaelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, a quick mix, right? If I'm not mistaken. I think. It's okay, not to be okay. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. I'm just blabbing. <laughs> but yeah, I think I've heard that song and that's like definitely a good background <laughs> song to play when you're thinking about this. So we must put that on our to-do list. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to start. <laughs> and actually a great correlation to your essay because in your essay, you're talking about simply appreciating and it kind of debunks what other people think about your generation. So you said your generation Y, right? Yeah. yeah and you said on your essay that people think about your generation is that you're just all about living fast and then you're going to die young. So I want to know why you wrote that in the first place. So what's your young blood story? I remember I wrote it at that time in my life. I was 22 back then when I was really tired, not only physically tired, but tired of being disappointed. At that time, I was relatively new in the workforce. I think I was only working for 10 months back then and was still full of ideals. And I did not expect working and earning to be that discouraging. Well, not that work was hard or demanding because I like it when I have more things to do. But whatever I was doing at that time, for me, it was not making sense. I was looking for something bigger, for my job to make sense for my life to make sense. I felt like my life was so ordinary and I was looking for more. I'm thinking maybe I was starting to find purpose in my life or maybe I'm just tired of the commute that I take going to and from work and I'm tired of hearing sad news, I'm tired of politics and I'm tired of not having a dignified commute. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking again, maybe I was experiencing mental, existential and physical exhaustion. So I decided to write. And I'm thinking maybe I was looking for happiness and contentment and they weren't there when I wrote it. So as you see, I was so full of negativity when I wrote that essay. My disappointment was yung highest level na talaga. <laughs> so reading the essay, I think yung disappointments ko at that time did not resonate at all sa essay. I did not expect 
expect it to shed a positive note of appreciating things the way they were. Or at least I'm not aware that I was trying to be positive at that time. So now I'm thinking, was I subconsciously trying to cheer myself up? I don't know. <laughs> maybe I was or maybe I'm not. I'm not really sure. And then sending that article to the young blood column of the Enquirer was just a spur of the moment. But I do read at least one article from the section every day at that time before I start work. And I thought, why not send my supposed-to-be rant essay? So I sent it without any expectations of it being published. I just wanted that someone, a stranger, read it. And I don't remember why I wanted the reader to be a stranger. Maybe because I'm thinking that the feeling was not universal. And then later on, I found out that it was a common feeling among new workers or young professionals. And then the article was published one month after I submitted it. And I was surprised and I somehow didn't understand how it got through as I don't consider myself a writer. I may be an emotional writer, but not a good one because I write when my emotions are intense. And sometimes I still wonder why the editor chose it. Yeah, and thanks for sharing. And I feel like a lot of writers would resonate with you when you said that I don't feel like a writer. I feel like an emotional one, but not like a great one. Because, yeah, I think writers have this common misconception that being a good writer requires one to be well-known or to have like a strong following. But honestly, for me, just over... The- the course of working on the podcast, talking to actually really good writers, I realized that, you know, you, you consider yourself a writer when you think on the page. And even when you don't share that to others, I feel like as long as you're bleeding on the page, if that makes sense, you're, mm-hmm. you're already a writer. And so, like, yeah, I just want to affirm you, you know, go girl, everything will be okay, you're a great writer. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, and your essay is a testimony of your apparent conviction that living life to the fullest is as simple as appreciating And I want to know when and how you developed this personal belief. Was it from your parents' way of raising you or did you discover it on your own in a specific avenue? Honestly, when I wrote that, I did not know that I was rooting for appreciation until I wrote it. And from the essay, I read it from The Prophet by Khalil Gibran, the appreciation part. But I did not know sa sarili ko na nag-stick pala siya sa akin. Growing up, my parents, my family naman, did not give us everything. Mm-hmm. My parents gave us and taught us yung basics lang. So somehow, it has been a practice in the family to value or to be grateful to yung kung anong meron kami. And then, the good thing is that we were not restricted. We, I mean, me and my siblings, as to kung ano yung gusto namin gawin sa buhay. Mm. So, if we want something, we have to work hard for it. Mm-hmm. But basically, whatever was given to us, we work that. More on ganun yung naging orientation sa amin. So, I think it's a mixture of my parents and sa book. I see. And your essay was published six or seven years ago in 2014. So, do you still have the same thoughts or convictions about your philosophy in life back then? Like, until now, is it still 100% just appreciate and you're living life at 101%? Actually, no. But some parts of it, yes. I think same convictions or philosophy. But some things have changed. Like, I wrote there na living life to the fullest is not doing everything. Today, I would say that I don't have to know everything, that you don't have to know the answers before you start anything. For people like me, na realist, na leaning on to being pessimist, this is difficult because sometimes 
before we start one thing, pag feeling namin na hindi nakakayanin, we somehow lose enthusiasm kaya hindi na lang gagawin or mag-start. We get scared easily. I don't know how. At some point, I've realized that I don't have to know everything before I start something. I've realized that I'll always be learning. Uh-huh. Nowadays, if there are opportunities, I grab them na lang. And then kung pumalpak, it can be a funny anecdote someday. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And that's a great mindset to have. I mean, life is too short to be extremely serious. Yes. Right? If you make a mistake, so what? Everybody else mis- makes mistakes. So, yeah, it's a great mindset to have. Yeah. Yeah, and you said that you consider yourself a realist and close to being a pessimist. So, I'm wondering what keeps you going through projects, even ambitious ones, probably like writing an essay to the Inquirer, you know, what keeps you going through just following through that goal, despite feeling that the odds are against you? I tell myself that it's okay. If I fail, then not everybody else succeeds naman. So, making mistakes is okay. And then, sabi ko nga, kung pumalpak, it can be a fun story someday. Mm-hmm, definitely. Interesting. And I feel like your philosophy is also influenced by what you consume. And I'm interested actually because you brought up in your essay two amazing authors, Khalil Gibran and Haruki Murakami. So it's quite apparent that you are a reader. And if I may be so bold, a voracious one. So if I may ask you, what's your favorite book of all time and why? More so, how did it influence you as a writer? Or at the very least, as a good reader. I've been wanting to share this one. My favorite book is Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell. But I don't also consider myself a wide reader because I'm influenced by people who tells me what to read. Like, I have my sister who told me that Slaughterhouse-Five is a must. Mm -hmm. As for Gone with the Wind, I started reading it naman because I overheard two friends talking about their favorite books and one of them answered Gone with the Wind so I think hmm, maganda siguro itong librong to so ganun lang then I downloaded the PDF file since classic siya it was easy getting a copy online and then Scarlett O'Hara the main character of that book I think is every woman's voice I feel how she feels when she complains about how women should act about how women are confined with being prim and proper, of being sweet and modest. I mean, the book was published, I guess, in 1936, and somehow, the sentiments are still the same. I'm lucky because my mother has taught us that we don't need to be quiet shy girls, but I can't think of those girls na tinuruan na ilimit yung sarili. Because for us, we were taught to laugh out loud if we want to. Society still expects us to conform with a set of rules, of what being a lady is. Mm-hmm. Others would see the book or the novel as romantic, but the way I understood it, it's about a woman trying to fight for her life and her family to live in her own terms. And then she never cared about what others would say. And I saw her as the optimism I needed at that time. Actually, until now, she influenced me to the point of telling myself, kapag hindi na ako nagpapa-apekto sa mga tao or I don't consider their opinions na that the main character, Scarlett O'Hara, would be proud of me. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And I'm interested now because you're telling us about her brave and bold moves of just going against society's gender expectations. I'm interested, what was she trying to do? What was she trying to achieve? Yeah, one thing I remember from the book is, at that time, 
society does not expect women to know mathematics and she's good at math and then when she expressed herself na magaling ako sa math mm. parang yung tingin ng tao sa kanya nag-iba yung mga ganun kasimpleng bagay yeah. so parang now accepted na siya na girls can do yung classic man's job mm-hmm. but before it was expected mm-hmm. diba yeah i think it's more accepted now but we still haven't broken the gap or at least that very thin line of i would say gender expectation and discrimination against women mm-hmm. and i have so much to talk about this because he brought it up now and i just got so excited Because right now, I think women only hold 70%. I was watching a documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. about the gender gap, the gender pay, etc. And in that documentary, it was stated that women earn less than their male counterparts. Mm-hmm. And a huge reason for that is because they were mothers. So not women entirely as a whole. Because women are kind of like, you know, rising up in terms of pay grade. But yung mga moms, like the mothers who obviously have to take on leaves. And then probably during that leave, pass up an opportunity to get promoted or something like that. So they earn less. And an interesting thing about that is that now it's like a big discussion. If Since women are given this opportunity to go for a leave, tapos men are just, you know, given that, ano, parang they don't need it anyway. How can we equalize that? Because obviously, it's the main cause of the gap between a woman and a man's earning capacity. So they said, let's require men to go on a leave exactly mm-hmm. 9 to 12 months as long as women have to leave when they have babies. So it's, it's very interesting that things like that are being considered. It's not yet done, right? It's yeah. not yet done, but those are propositions. And we want to talk more about that. And before I do that, I want to know your say on that. Because, you know, gender expectations, gender discrimination are things that we cannot avoid. They're almost yes. like inevitable, especially in a world where obviously right now so much just so much chaos is happening. So mm-hmm. I want to know what something that you want to say to that. What's something that you want to change about it? Growing up, yun na yung minold sa utak natin. Now we are lesser compared to men. We are weaker. Now we can't do STEM subjects. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're lucky na women from older generations have already started making movements such as feminism. But we are still not reaping yung respect that we deserve because it's inculcated in our minds that, that we are the lesser sex or weaker sex. The second sex, I haven't read that book by Simone de Beauvoir, but we're the second sex. Gusto ko siguro yung pagkabata. Mula pagkabata, i-train nyo na yung guys, men, na they are not expected to be the better one. And then women, they can be strong if they want. And then men, they can be weak if they want. Kasi nagkakaroon tayo ng ano eh, fragile masculinity and it burdens both males and females sa kung anong role ang gagampanan nila sa society. So I actually totally agree with what you said about how men should be fine if they choose to be feminine or women choose to be masculine in a sense. Because honestly, for me, over the course of just reading a lot of books on that and also talking to people, I feel like gender and sex have no purpose other than biology, Mm-mm. right? Just to procreate. Yeah. Other than that, wala na. I feel like we shouldn't limit women 
to be prim and proper like you said in Gone in the Wind and also we shouldn't tell men to be exactly strong and buff and all that because it's it's complicated and I feel like it would be better if we just not stereotype anything or anyone and just be open to everything and anything let's forget about the social constructs <laughs> yeah so many applications not just in terms of sex and gender but also in economic status and profession you know in every role i think it's just important to be open and not to confine anyone in a specific box if that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. and so speaking of living a good life and being a good person and all that jazz i want to know what you want to say to the listeners who may be feeling like they're not living much you know or such great lives like you said you wrote this when you felt like you were just leading an ordinary life which i think is still great yeah. so what do you want to say to them who <laughs> probably feel the same way that you felt during the time when you wrote this Yeah, when I wrote that essay, I remember I wanted to do many things but can't because of responsibilities. I even consider myself lucky because my parents did not give me financial obligations to help the family. But when I started working, I became totally financially independent, meaning whatever I earned, which was at that time enough or sapatna, I have to budget it for food, rent, transportation. And other basics. Basically, I felt left by my batchmates na nagta-travel na, na mamasyal, nag-yolo. I wanted to see the world at that time, but I cannot afford it. I wanted to spend my 20s exploring, but I had to play safe in my career, in my actions. Because I'm supposed to take care of myself and be independent. So, I had to stick with what I had, which were... Yeah, PDF files for books because I can't afford to buy books. And then for sunset watching, I'd go to MOA, Mall of Asia, because I used to live near MOA at that time. And of course, I have my friends and kwentuhan lang and chikan with them over the phone. So if ever you feel like you're not living such extraordinary lives, gaya nang nakikita natin ngayon sa mga influencers, you can start looking at the value of things around you. Or you can value the things and the people that you already have or are important to you. And while they are there, sulitin na. Quality time over yung quantity, experience over the place. Kaya nga nang sabi ko, hindi naman pare-pareho ang sunset. Kahit nasa mawa ka, maganda rin yan. And then at one point kasi, you'll all go your separate ways, your friends, and you and wish that you could have spent more time with them. So while waiting for your perceived great things to happen or your extraordinary life to happen, you can make your ordinary become great. You can start making great things over your ordinary. Thank you for sharing. And you're 29, like you said, so you've gone through that kind of like trouble of being a 20-something. And for context, I'm 20 years old, and I'd love to learn from someone who's gone here before me, who's like near my age, you know, if you have any tips or advice. And I'm sure most listeners are within that age bracket. So I want to know if you could share the most important lesson that you've learned in your early or mid-20s that you feel like really impacted your current mindset. Okay. I guess because for me, I played safe, right? I played safe in my career and in my actions, but I wanted to take risks at that time. So if you have your chance to take risks, to explore, go, 
grab the opportunity. But if you don't have that chance or medyo limited yung opportunities, appreciate. Appreciate what you have. Value yung mga bagay na nasa yun na. And then, you don't need grandeur nga. And then, you don't need thrill-seeking moves just so you can say na, I'm living my life. You can play safe or you can enjoy doing your groceries. You can learn to cook your own food. Or yung uso ko yun, plantito, plantita. You, you can focus on that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for the advice. Yeah, and it really correlates to your essay. Simply appreciating for it. Now, I'm going to go into like a little hypothetical question. If you could have changed something that you did in the past, probably beginning your 20, when you were making those big, bold decisions, that, like you said, that, you know, in terms of taking risk, what would you want to change and why? I think my biggest what if for now is my career move. Right now, I'm a government employee, but before, and sometimes I still have this burning desire to work abroad. I wanted to, sabi ko nga, gusto ko explore yung mundo. And if not, kung hindi man ako nag-government, I think I could have been working abroad ngayon. If I was given a chance, siguro na iwan ko lahat. But I was thinking of so things at that time, iiwan ko yung family ko, iiwan ko yung School, but at the same time, I want to meet other people. I want to experience other culture. But I cannot guarantee kasi yung pagpunta ko ba doon, would I be successful in terms of career? Um, makakatulong ba ako kahit pa paano sa family ko pag nagpunta ako doon? But I decided to work sa government. Because sabi ko nga kanina, I was looking for my job to make sense. And I thought... If I work abroad, would my job there make sense? So, I was thinking, maybe not. Because, kung mag-work ako abroad, more likely, I'll be doing the same things sa current job ko. But if I work in the government, I'd be doing things not for private people na. I'd be doing things, I'd be working for, you know, the nation or stuff like that. Kasi I was tired of politics. So I decided, okay, if change is what we need, is it okay if I, I want to be part of that change? Wow, that's I interesting. Think yeah. That's my biggest what if. Gusto ko lang siyang itry. Not that I pinili ko to, but ano pa yung nangyari sa <laughs> Yeah, I totally get you, honestly. I mean... Yeah, because actually, for context, I kind of get you because I was supposed to study abroad also. I'm supposed to be in the States right now, but obviously because of COVID, yeah. all plans have been cancelled. And yeah, a lot of people, I can agree, I know a lot of people who gave up their yeah slots in U.S. movies, their dream schools, my dream school with scholarships. Just because, you know, when something like this happens, when pandemics happen, when, for example, a family member gets ill, it's like everything loses its importance and just the most important thing is to be close with your family and be safe. So I also respect your decision. Actually, I've mm-hmm. heard your podcast about that. This is not okay with Juju Baluyot. <laughs> yeah, we were like laughing. We hate COVID. <laughs> yeah, COVID is our arch enemy. I can feel your disappointment at that time. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's really funny because up until now, because I really, really, really feel like COVID ruined my life. I'm working on this work with Novid and we're kind of implementing it, trying to implement it to put an end to COVID. Because it's a virus. We found a vaccine that's big lang mutate siya. You see that? It's just so annoying. It's like yung contrabida na, yeah, like once you get him to jail, he escapes or something like that. It's just so annoying. <laughs> I, I just, I'm trying to humanize the virus but like, I get more to, to really fight against it. I mean, I mean, not, I sound selfish because I feel like I'm just fighting it because it ruined my life. But um, to be to be more good sounding, yeah, it's, it's really for everyone because so many people lost so many things, True. much worse than what I just lost, you know. So you, you said something about working abroad. Where's your dream location? What's the what's like the dream kind of like country or city? Because for me, I I I I would go to New York any day, Manhattan or LA or something like that in the states. At that time, I was ano interested sa uh, Ireland, Dublin. <laughs> wow! Oh my gosh, Scottish, England people, British people. That's what I'm just saying. Why, why, why Ireland? Why, why in Dublin? Siguro dahil sa Westlife. Fun <laughs> girl. Ah, uh, no. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was young, no? 22. Mm-hmm. But I want it to be anywhere in Europe, I guess. Yeah, Europe is a beautiful continent. Yeah, beautiful yes. people. Yeah, but what I remember right now is I was looking for anyway, jobs in Ireland, and I'm thinking, what, what? Why am I looking for jobs in Ireland? But at that time, I cannot think of any reason except Westlife. You know the boy band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, girl. Honestly, if it if it's any consolation, I've come to this point in my life when I realized that your why doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, there's this beautiful line by Joan Didion, and she used it as an opening in a very wonderful novel called Play It As It Lays. So it's a novel turned screenplay and, and, and it was used as a film. Mm-hmm. So it's called Play It As It Lays and I read the novel and the first opening, I will never forget this test, what makes Iago evil? So for context, Iago is a character in Shakespeare. He's like the, the bad guy written by Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. What makes Iago evil? Some people ask. I never ask. To look for reason is besides the point. You know, I've come to agree to that. Your reason really doesn't matter because, you know, people won't give it the same gravity as much as you do. What matters is how you do things. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it doesn't even matter what you do or why you do it. I think what matters most is how you do it. You know, so I've stopped asking people, which is kind of like ironic because I keep on asking people, why did you write it? Why did you write your young boy? <laughs> it's ironic, but for, for certain situations, I feel like this <laughs> mindset is applicable. You know, to look for reason is beside the point. So I totally get you. Girl, you can go to Ireland maybe just because you want to go to Ireland. No other reason. You just want to. Yeah. And I think that's what makes things matter. And another another beautiful essay I read, Rough Waters by David McLean. I'm a sucker for wonderful quotes. I have this notebook full of quotes and I try to read them. And I, at some point, I just memorized them. Yeah, I, I memorized them. There's this wonderful quote by David McLean. 
So for context, he's a swimmer. So he's been swimming since he was a kid. And he lost that one competition. And he had to kind of re-swim again to beat his time just for, you know, just to feel good. And his essay started with, the best race I had was hardly a race at all. And the reason for that was because he was the only one swimming in the natatorium. So natatorium is like a big place where an indoor pool is. Mm -hmm. He was the only one. But he said, you know, if I swam and I beat my time yesterday, what's the point? You know, the world would still be the same as it is. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It matters. It matters because it's the task before me now. The thing I wanted now, swimming, for as long as I could remember, has always been this battle between the now and the later. Exhaustion now for the sake of fitness later. All those weekday nights given up to practice grueling on the pool two hours, three hours straight. So even if this doesn't change the world or it doesn't make someone's life better, this is very, very important mm -hmm. because this is what I want to do. You know, it's the task before me now. It's the thing I wanted now. You just have to want something. And it doesn't matter if I feel like, you know, it sounds selfish, but sometimes it's necessary to just honor what your heart desires, if that makes sense. Yeah. Self-improvement, no? Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, I'm just like this sucker for quotes and stuff. Um, yeah, but to end this interview, this conversation, because you're a published writer, you have a couple of essays published at Youngblood. So I want to ask, what tips do you want to give to people who also aim to see their byline on the Philippine Daily Inquirer's Youngblood column? Actually, that was my first time to submit an essay. And masaya na nakuha siya. But for tips and advice, I think it's right while your emotions are still there. Because words, kahit mababaw or deep word pa yan, powerful pa rin sila. So write while you're feeling it. Because I think the editor can feel you, no matter what words you use. So for me, I don't always write. I only write pag intense ang nararamdaman. And I think yun yung naramdaman ng editor. Basic tip is right while your emotions are still there. Thank you for that. That's a wonderful way to encapsulate all the other requirements of a good essay or a good piece. Yeah, for sure you need to be honest. And, you know, to be able to do that, you just have to hone in in your heart, whatever that means. You know, just listen to your inner voice or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, what a great conversation we've had. And before finally saying goodbye and ending this, I want to know what's making you super excited right now. Well, aside from matapos na tong pandemic, I'll share you one of my favorite passages naman from The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. It goes, It's the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. So every time I feel like my life is going nowhere or I question my decisions, I think of the many possibilities that could happen and yung mga magandang mangyayari because of my decisions pa. Sometimes I look forward to being 40 and laughing at my 20-something years for being too scared. And sometimes I think of my dreams and I wonder if it will ever come to. I'm not looking forward sa specific na mga bagay, gano'ng matapos ko yung schooling ko, though sana matapos ko siya. But I'm looking forward sa mga magagandang bagay na pwede pang mangyari. Nothing specific except matapos na yung pandemic na to. <laughs> 
Yes, and also to have your dreams happening. I love that. Thank you so much, Crystal. I learned so much from you and had so much fun. Yeah, thank you then, Leah. Dream come true, Kali. <laughs> I'm flattered. Dream thank you. So, hallelujah. Crystal graduated from St. Louis University with a degree in accountancy. She's currently a full-time government employee and a part-time student. Her 2021 goals include taking more calculated risks. This has been the Youngblood Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions as to which works to feature on our next episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or to DM us on Instagram. We're also on other social media platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter. So if you want, please go ahead and give us a follow. We appreciate each and every one of you. I'd also like to thank everyone who's been with us since day one. You guys are the real heroes behind this podcast. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Thank you very much. This has been Leah Angela Shoko. Thanks for listening. Until next time.